0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AI Pioneers Insurance Edition. I am your host, Matthew Vegas Sands, and today we have a very special duo from Reigns Insurance Agency, Nick and Aaron Rains. Thank you both so much for, for jumping Hi, thank on. Thank you. And- and I think this is actually our first double interview midway through. <laughs> so it's gonna work the listeners are gonna get an, an awesome treat because typically you have to hear myself talk and one of the other agency owners here. We're gonna get two very different perspectives. Um, and so I'm excited. Thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Yep, thank you. Thank
0: you. And so I know a lot of the listeners are on here to hear about your perspectives on this whole new trend AI, but selfishly so, I have to ask my first question, my favorite question to get us started, which is, how did you end up into the world of insurance? Because I remember when I was in college and growing up, people wanted to be doctors, lawyers, whatever. I don't think I ever came across anybody that said, I wanna be in insurance, yet here we are. So I'm curious how your journey got started.
2: Well, I won't give you my full life story, but I was in college to be a doctor. Funny you should say that. <laughs> but uh, my whole family basically um is in insurance. My dad, my grandpa, aunts, uncles, all the things. Um, and after about uh, eight years of school, I, I didn't want to go to school anymore. And I was working with a lot of doctors, and I kind of got I uh, I don't know, a bad taste in my mouth with that whole field. So my dad's like, you know, why don't why don't you come uh, work with me, and you know, we'll see what we can do. And uh, started working with my dad, and he's with State Farm, and uh, State Farm pulled out of the state of Florida, wow. and so my brother and I decided to just branch off and start our own uh, independent agency. And then so that's kind of how it started. And then we got big enough to where I needed help, which is
0: where she came in. And then I recruited her. And I don't think she ever thought she'd be an in insurance either. So no, no. Did Aaron, did you join in as a producer as well? Or yeah. how did you...
1: Yeah, so my college degree is actually in criminology, which is so far also off from insurance. <laughs> but I married into the family business, I guess. Um yeah. So when we first opened, I had other jobs. We were probably open for about seven years before wow. he was like, I can't I can't do this anymore by myself. It was easier for us just to risk, you know, the insurance I was getting, the health insurance, private insurance, the stability. Because insurance, you know, it's a little scary when you own your own business and you're self-employed. Um, it was it was enough that, you know, we needed for me to come on. And so I came on as a 440. So that's primarily what I do. CSR, a lot of CSR stuff.
0: Nice, nice. And um, what were you going to say? Nick, how many? How many? How How far away were you from becoming a doctor? Because eight years seems like you were pretty... You were well, pretty
1: he did some other things. He was still pretty far away. I wasn't like-
0: full-time in, in
2: school for the entire eight years, but I was working full-time and I played... Uh, I played professional baseball also nice. for a while, and I would take classes in the off season and stuff. Um, so yeah, after all of that, I was, but I was, I, I got my uh, bachelor of science in biomedical sciences, and then I took like the MCAT and all the things, and I mean, I was ready to you know apply to med school and and start That's going amazing. and change
0: change directions. That's wild. And how many um how many producers are you guys up to now?
2: Um, we probably have uh, you know, about four, five, yeah, five now. I guess yeah. uh, we have a couple independent contractor producers that kind of do it on the side. Nice. Um,
0: but yeah, for full time, we probably what four. Yeah. yeah. And do you lean particularly one way in terms of like mostly personal or mostly commercial? Or it's a little bit of a combo of the of the two.
2: Well, it's a combo of the two. I mean, we're almost 50-50, I would say, commercial um, versus personal lines. Um, Some of our producers specialize in only
0: personal lines or only commercial lines. So it pretty pretty much evens out. Aaron, one of the questions uh, I'm curious of after uh, learning more about your role is like historically it's felt like insurance to the outside world was very easy to essentially service. Like It's a commoditized product in the eyes of many people. You're calling all the big groups. There's not to the, to the layman. eye. there's probably not too much to it, but now given that we're in such a hard market, people are now selling commoditized products. You really separate yourself from other agencies from a service perspective, you being on the service side of things, what's that process been like of like now really having to take the service to the next level to maintain that competitive advantage.
1: It's hard. It's, it's stressful. Like it keeps me up at night. Sometimes we run reports and I just making sure we follow up with the people that we already have on board while still trying to follow up with the leads that we've sent quotes to knowing that, you know, a lot of these people are never going to get back to us about the quotes we've sent them. We have to follow up a few times and then let it go because at the same time, again, we are still trying to keep our own book happy, which in Florida right now means basically quoting everybody again it's not like we're sitting you know resting on our laurels and sitting here and our our renewals are just coming in like we're we're essentially like re-quoting people and you know we have to get updated inspections and all of the things
0: so it's hard yeah one of the things that we realize and for our core business lula so for those listeners out there Um, we have an AI division called Gale, which is generative AI by Lula, which is ultimately what inspired this podcast. And we sell that to insurance sellers, but the core business of Lula is we sell insurance management tools to big buyers of insurance. And it's been really interesting because historically people were just buying insurance not necessarily paying too much attention to it. What we've seen these last two years is now people are more, more really... More than ever, they're actively trying to find ways to lower their premium and become a better risk. So, in the past, people might have just been trying to buy insurance. One of the ways we've had to start separating ourselves from our competitors is now when we quote you for our internal agency, we're now also having to play risk consultant to a certain extent. It's like, hey, have you thought about putting cameras? in your in your property have you thought about having some sort of access code required have you thought about x y and z and so it's crazy because now you're not even playing really just broker or agency anymore you have to now essentially play risk consultant too and so it's it's crazy how times have changed so rapidly these past couple of years from even just the support side of things.
1: Right, exactly.
2: Yeah, and psychologists too. You're talking people off the ledge because they're freaking out about <laughs> all the, the hoops they have to jump through now to get coverage that's more inspe- expensive than it was before too. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. I
0: saw, I saw somebody the other day, their auto insurance, I think it was in California. They didn't have any crashes or anything like that, but they brought on a 16-year-old. Um, <laughs> their annual insurance went from like, or not annual, their monthly insurance went from like 324 to over $900. And I was oh. like, 80, I was like Oh, my God, you legitimately have to make entire lifestyle changes yes. to afford for your child to be able to drive a car. It's, it's insane. Oh, yeah.
1: We're only a few years away from the auto insurance <laughs> for a teenager, and I'm like, we need to start saving. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's insane. Nick, on your side, on the producing side, how have, uh, how have you kept up with all the chaos of this, part, this most recent hard market?
2: Man, a lot of it is just getting more and more companies and doing more and more research for um, all these specialty companies and specialty products and trying to make sure that myself and my producers have all the, um, the resources to be able to quote and write all this business because I mean, it's always say it's like it's like whack-a-mole nowadays for for finding some, you know, somebody's a quote on a, especially on like commercial buildings and stuff like that were super easy and that's really good money. You know, a few years ago now, it's like nobody even wants to write, especially in our area. We're on the beach over here in Bureau Beach. So and it's. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I'd say a lot of just researching and just contacting, reaching out to more and more brokers and more and more companies to see what products they offer in our area and then getting signed up with those companies and making sure to pass that info on to my producers.
0: We were talking to, we were talking, I was talking to a producer the other day and she made a really interesting comment. I asked her what had been the big difference in the last 10 years for insurance. And she mentioned to me, she was like 10 years ago, I could almost say yes to anybody that filled out a form online she's like now we have to turn business away because we want to make sure our book of business has a certain loss ratio so when we go out to the insurance carriers we can kind of get in a way preferential treatment and yeah. uh, it was it was something that i had heard as i had heard from a couple other groups as well but that was the 10 years ago was before my time but uh it's been so interesting now to see how even brokerage firms now have to have an underwriter in house too, to help them, especially on these commercial accounts.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've run into issues with that too. I mean, companies are more like stringent on all their requirements. And then like, if your loss ratio creeps up too high, they'll start to either threaten to cut your commission rate or they will, or they're threatened to remove your entire appointment. And some of these companies, if you lose that certain appointment, then you're, I mean, you're losing a
0: lot of business. So it's it's crazy, yeah. We've talked a lot about the uh the not so exciting part about insurance, <laughs> the hard markets, all of that. I'm curious, you you've now been in the game both of you for for quite some time. What is it that keeps you in the industry? What is it that gets you excited about still working in the insurance industry? You go first.
1: Uh I think it's honestly I don't want to say it is because it's not always it's not always the same thing every day. Although sometimes it is a lot of banging your head against the wall right now. But sometimes you, when you get that little like golden ticket, the where you didn't think you were gonna, no one could find a spot for this house on the beach, whatever that has, you know, that the premiums were twenty thousand dollars. If you can get it for ten, you feel like, oh my god, I just helped somebody, <laughs> or even our neighbors down the road who have an $8,000 premium because they have an 05 shingle roof on a frame house, which is no good here where we live in Florida. Like that's not happening. Um, that's an $8,000 premium right there. If you can find them something, whether it's going like a wind only policy with citizens and then, you know, just regular fire theft, whatever with another carrier, even if you have to piece things together and do it as a puzzle, if you feel like you're still helping the, old person on a fixed income, you know, not feel like they're going to have to forego groceries for, you know, a week to make, to pay their bills. Like that still helps. I feel helpful and I, I still feel good about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the same for me. Like, it's never really the same thing every day. And then, you know, getting a, a client, um, you know, maybe with a large uh, portfolio that's unhappy with their agent gets me kind of excited. And, you know, they say this guy wasn't able to do this, this and this for me. And then I'm like, all right, well, right, I'm going to figure out a way to do this, this and this. Um, and then I like the, uh, the creativity of it now. I mean, nowadays you have to be even more creative, uh, like she was saying, piecing stuff together, finding different ways to get people coverage for, you know, a price that they can afford. Um, which I've always liked. I mean, that's how we started our business essentially is doing what other agents weren't able to do or didn't want to do. Um, so that, yeah, that's what excites me still too.
0: Yeah, I think one of the other things that people see the insurance industry as not the most exciting or not the sexiest industry, but I think if you break it down, in reality, it is because one, every single single person you come across could essentially be a customer. It's almost like unlimited target, but I think one of the other interesting things is, to your point, Aaron, a lot of people see insurance as like a scam or a big negative, but... Insurance is ultimately what allows us all to have a decent quality of life. You want to go get a car, good luck getting a car if you can't get insurance or good luck getting a loan for that car if you can't get insurance, good luck getting a mortgage if you can't get insurance, good luck getting surgery if you don't have insurance to pay for it. And so, yeah, to your point, insurance is one of those things that I think it's one of those few products that you can sell and actually feel good about it. Because if you sell somebody a pair of shoes, that's really not going to change most people's lives. But if you're able to sell somebody a good insurance policy that provides protection at an affordable rate, like you're making an actual difference. in right. their life.
1: Yep. One
0: of the, um, one of the other questions I wanted to ask is I myself have been, and now I an entre- have been an entrepreneur almost for 10 years. I'm on year eight right now. I've seen just how, and in- how difficult it is to be. You guys have been around now for quite some time. And so you're clearly doing something right what do you think it is that you you've done well that's allowed you to stay in business so long when the average business in america only has a lifespan about 2.5 years wow that's that's uh interesting i didn't point five yeah i've never heard that statistic before but
1: i mean honestly our work ethic just uh the two of us work really well together even though we're married and we work together all the time (laughs) like i feel like we work better the more time we spend together Um, the communication, his brother is a part owner, um, and I've basically been around them since I was 16. So I feel like the three of us have a really good communication, um, whether it's good stuff or frustrations or whatever. Um, we try to keep our producers, um, on the up and up of all the new underwriting things. We're always talking about underwriting stuff. Um, we try to keep them happy in the office. And uh, I think really keeping your employees happy is is pretty, especially right now, there's a lot of burnout. Yeah.
2: Um, I would definitely, I would agree with the communication, but I would say too, like uh, like doing the right thing um, for our clients um, and not ever getting a reputation for being like, I don't know, like not following up with people or being shady or doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Yep. Um, we just have a really good reputation and um we've even we've lost many clients um just because we weren't willing to do something they wanted us to do. Right the cheaper policy yeah. that they had
1: already gotten a quote policy,
0: somewhere else. We promised to do an inspection a particular way down the line. Yeah, no,
1: no. <laughs> we've just
2: always taken the high road and I, I think that's what's really helped us stay in business for so long because I think if we made some of those you know, less than ideal decisions, we, uh, they, they would have come back to haunt us eventually. So, and I knew that from the beginning, so.
0: People don't realize it. And it's not like an oxymoron because insurance is such a massive industry from a numbers perspective, but it's such a small industry too. And so if you do something sketchy or inappropriate or unethical, a lot of people might think, Oh, it's such a big industry. Nobody's gonna ever catch on it. It will come back to bite you like insurance from a, from like uh, a seller's perspective, it's such a small industry. It feels like everybody knows everybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of
2: competition too.
1: So 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 that's why everybody knows. Especially like even locally for us. So it's uh...
0: yeah, so kind of shifting gears, one of the other things I'm curious on is you both have now had to endure a number of hard markets and different markets on the insurance side of things. I feel like we go through something on the technology side similarly not in the sense where it's like a hard market, but more in the sense where every couple of years there's this massive trend. And a few years ago it was blockchain, then it was crypto, and it felt like everybody was being pressured to use those two types of technologies and they never really took off. Mm -hmm. This one from my perspective feels a little bit different, this new trend AI. And I'm sure a year from now or two years from now, there's gonna be another trend that we're gonna have to evaluate. You as business owners, how do you evaluate these different technologies to see, all right, is this actually worth my time or is it just all BS and hype? I, no, go ahead. I was
1: like on the crypto thing. Maybe I'm just old. I just, I need to, like, I <laughs> physically couldn't, I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it, but like AI, this trend, we've been talking about it. I don't know, almost a year where I was like, we, we've got to get on it soon. If we don't get on this.
2: I think we sit back usually and and like do the research and kind of see how it pans out for a while before we try to dive in. Um, Even with like our agency management software, like we, had like some old, like crazy, it was like, <laughs> like ran, it ran on like DOS or something. I don't know if you've heard heard of that, but <laughs> it was like the blinking cursor, and it was, oh, it, was awful. it was rough. Um, but we held on to that for so long until we found the agency matrix, the one that we use now, and just how amazing it was. And like, we had tried out a bunch of other ones before that too. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think we just kind of hold back. We do our research and whenever something makes sense for us, or we really like it, or we can see how it would fit into our business. And that's when we kind of go ahead.
1: I feel like with AI though, there's just an urgency right now, every day in the office, or even because we are self-employed, we are obviously working in the evenings and at other non-office hour, normal office hours. There's just an urgency to get so much stuff done that we, even if we hire somebody and then you take the time to train them and it's just, it's, it almost feels like insurmountable at times. Um, So that's like, when I started scrolling socials at night or whatever, I would see this uh, AI. We would they would just or talk about AI and insurance specifically, because I'm on all these like super nerd insurance uh, socials. <laughs> and they were and I was like, God man, I could use I could use an extra hand. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like one of the big differences too between these and the other ones is like there's a clear ROI. So when like when we would try to evaluate, for instance, blockchain on for our business i couldn't see a specific roi that made sense i couldn't see the numbers now you see this ai stuff historically a designer might cost you what 60 80 hundred thousand a year Mm -hmm. now with dolly uh the new open ai uh drawing tool i can put in a prompt and it's going to give me a design right off the bat within seconds and so now it's like clear ROI. You don't have right. to spend that those tens of thousands of dollars on a designer on marketing side of things. Historically, you've needed probably a good copywriter or something to write down a lot of your, your email and marketing campaigns. Now you put in something, Hey, I need a 200 word newsletter on how AI is going to impact insurance in the tone of <laughs> a relaxed, I don't know, a relaxed 20 year old. Right. And send it to all young producers, and it and it right there it saves you again tens of thousands of dollars from a marketing person. So I think what at least I see is from it being different is like you can clearly see the impact on the bottom line of the business, and I think right. that's what gets me excited. One of the other questions I had for you too was: there's so many different ways that you can use this technology um, in your day to day business. How do you two plan on using it in your own, or how are you exploring it? Is it more on the customer side? Is it more on to help employees, how do you view it?
1: Uh, we were just hoping, you know, doing our research, we we want to find one that will help more with like a CSR type situation um, because right now it's just me and we have another CSR um, trying to and our and honestly, our producers are doing a lot of their own CSR work, but but dedicated CSR is just me and somebody else. I would love to have an AI in there, freeing up. You know, everybody else's time so everybody can write more business.
2: (laughs) I mean, even just answering phones and like just doing like certificate requests and stuff like that, just anything that could free up time for us to actually spend time on customer service and like talking to clients or bringing more clients in or writing more
0: business like it would just be, I mean, ideal for us. It's funny. It's funny. You mention that because one of the trends that I tell people all the time is a lot of people, especially in the insurance industry, they're petrified that this technology is going to replace them. And what I always tell people is it's not going to, it's going to actually make you more accessible. It's going to make you less replaceable to your point. Nick, if you now have this AI that's able to answer the call and answer the basic questions like, hey, what's my minimum required liability or, hey, can you change this LOI or whatever? that now means you don't have to take all those mundane tedious repetitive tasks and you can now be more available for those for the hairier things and so yeah that's a that's a great point um well nick and aaron i uh i want to be respectful of time i know you you have a bunch of stuff going on and so I want to just say thank you so much for, for taking the time. I think the listeners are going to really enjoy hearing your perspective. And you're the first husband and wife group that we have <laughs> here. So I think uh, I, know, I know there's going to be a, a couple people, at least in my personal network, that they've been trying to figure out what the balance is working with their spouse. And I'm, I'm excited now I have a great ex- real life example I can share with them.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Thank you course, very much. Congrats on all the success. It seems like you guys are crushing. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.